0: Heads up, cause you are in the hoodwood. I'm the Black Bandit, KJ Green, welcoming you to another edition of Sports from the Hoodwood. Coming up this week, game seven of the Eastern Finals. We'll take a look at that, and we fail you, the Celtics need to have a place. And is LeBron really considering retiring? we we'll take a look at the NBA Finals. Nuggets, Heat, off the NBA title, and the Heat pull off the mammoth upset over the heavily favored Nuggets. Stanley Cup preview, down to two, you got the Panthers, you got the Golden Knights. Which team will raise the Stanley Cup for the first time? And I've gotta take a look at that epic troll that Vegas dropped on San Jose, kneeling them just a little bit as they head to the Stanley Cup final. Are the Oakland A's really the worst team in baseball ever? Look at the numbers of a Classically bad team in the East Bay. Well, the Hoodwood Hot Five, multiple fat dabs and head slaps, and find final word about a geek that needs to be grilled up, squashed, and just holy. Don't push on the, the Hoodwood. So better buck your seatbelt. Put on your crash helmet.
1: Honest, unfiltered commentary and insight on the world of sports. Now, once again, here's Hoodwood's hometown hero, K.J. Green. Greeting
0: from Hoodwood, where... Stuffy returns, but he's quiet. I don't know. Maybe it's just something to do with the pen I can't find. <laughs> I ain't getting to, to write his quotes out. I'm your man K.J. Green welcoming you back to another edition of Sports from the Hoodwood and we're going to start off the top by talking about the NBA playoffs, the Heat, Celtics, Game 7. I was excited on Memorial Day. I fixed up a big old bowl of wings, had my beer and I was sitting on the couch. I told my auntie who was a, big, a really big basketball fan to be ready you know We were both stoked about it, and I was texting her, like, are you ready? And, you know, I was just excited for the game. And the game turned out to be a big, fat dud. Three minutes into the game, and I'm thinking, okay, the Celtics are looking a little lethargic, but they're They're still in the lead. You know, maybe they'll make it a grinder type of game. And they were laying up brick after brick after brick after brick. And I and I wrote, I sent my auntie a, a, a text message, and I said, the, "As many bricks as they're putting up there, they're putting up a small building on the floor of TD North Garden, Boston." And they kept shooting threes and missing threes. The game went was supposed to be this is a seventh game in Boston. Boston's twenty-seven and ten all time. At the at, in Boston, Game Sevens in Boston are legendary, and the Celtics played like it was the middle of February, and kept shooting brick after brick, after brick. Miami kind of slaughtered their way through the first quarter, winning twenty-two to fifteen, but then you just see the the, the Celtics were making no big runs. They were making no push to get back into the game, and it just was painful to watch. And the Boston crowd was just looking like, "Well, guess it's not our night. Bruins let us down, and the the Celtics doing just the same." The and I like to use the term abject failure a lot because when the money's on the line, you expect your big players to come up big time. I'll give Jason Tatum a pass just barely because he had a bum ankle. Turned it early in the first quarter. But Jalen Brown has no excuse. None! 43 minutes 19 points and he shot 8 for 23 from the field. You're not going to win any basketball game shooting 8 for 23 from the field. That was the number I was expecting the meltdown from Jimmy Butler. And it didn't happen. He had 28 points. A solid performance. Well deserving of the Eastern Conference Finals MVP. The Celtics just their big test was there and they failed it. Miami nearly blew a 3-0 lead but won 103 to 84 in game seven to earn their first NBA Finals berth since 2020. And they will face the, we've been waiting here for a few days here for y'all to get ready and play us, the Denver Nuggets who swept just like so much, to go away. LeBron's Lakers in four straight games and while a couple of the games were competitive, close even, the Nuggets didn't even feel like they broke a sweat. Sweeping the Lakers out. The Lakers were just outclassed. They looked like a seven seed. I know, I know. The the Lakers had defeated the Grizz. They had defeated the Dubs. They got to the Western Finals on, you know, a little bit of guilt and guile, you know, a little bit a little bit of sleight of hand. But the mirror's trick wasn't working for for the Nuggets. They weren't having none of that mess. The Joker was dealing, and the Lakers had no answer. And the thing is this. LeBron is looking that much closer to 40, and he talked a lot about, you know, he might be hanging it up. Don't you believe it. LeBron ain't hanging it up. He's going to play two more seasons, one more for the Lakers, and whatever team picks up his son in the draft, in the 2024 draft, that's who he's going to go to play a season with his son, and then set a one, sign a one-day contract for the Cavs and ride off in the sunset as the owner of a, that new Las Vegas expansion team. You heard it here first. It's gonna happen. Now my auntie can't stand LeBron. She talks about him all the time and say, you know makes disparaging comments and I'm like <sighs> LeBron is a living legend. He's the NBA's all-time leading scorer and he deserves his dap and due. But Father Time is undefeated. And the Lakers look like an old slow club playing the Nuggets. So, you got the Nuggets. You got the Heat. That looks like a finals preview. Glad you mentioned it. And then there were two. You have the Denver Nuggets. Champions of the West, number one seed, basically been cruising all season, been pretty much a dominant seed in the West. And then on the other hand, you have the Miami Heat, who are the first, not only the 1st playing team to make it all the way to the finals, but only the second, eighth seeded team to make it to the finals after the 99 Knicks, who took advantage of a shortened season and knocked off ironically the Miami Heat on their way to losing to the San Antonio Spurs in the 99 finals the Heat knocked off the Knicks on their way to the Eastern Conference Championship which they had they defeated Chicago to get into the to win the final play in spot as 8 seed then beat the Bucks in 5 the Knicks in 6 and the Celtics in 7 after blowing a 3-0 lead but they survive to push on to the finals. The Nuggets, as I chronicled earlier, pushed aside the Timberwolves in five games, knocked off the Suns in six, and swept the Lakers to win their first Western Conference final, Western Conference championship in their team history. They may, may become the last original ABA team to finally make the finals, joining the Spurs, Pacers, Nets in that order, making who made... Ironically, the Spurs, Pacers, and Nets all made the finals within five years of one another in the around the turn of the century. But the Nuggets kept standing on the sideline going, one of these days, we'll get it. And one of these days is 2022. Nikola Jokic is the centerpiece for this, this Nuggets team. As the as the Joker goes, so go Nuggets. But Nugget, well, the Nuggets have... A really, really good complimentary piece in Jamal Murray and Aaron Gordon who pick up the scoring slack for the Nuggets. Now, the Nuggets rely on good defense and an up-tempo offense, especially playing in Denver where the air is thin. You couldn't have two more cities more contrast than Denver and Miami. Of course, Denver being the mile-high city, 5,280 feet above sea level, Sea level in Miami is about 7 feet. The, I should say the altitude in Miami maybe just a little bit shorter than Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler six 6'7". But that's neither here nor there. The disparity is probably going to show pretty big. Now, Miami, confident they would beat the Celtics in Game 7 on Memorial Day, booked, a flight, booked their flight to Denver before winning Game 7. But the contrast between the Pretty much low coastal series between Boston and Miami, and now playing up in the mountains against Denver, is going to show. Denver's 34 and 7 at home for a reason. Denver is unbeaten in the playoffs at home for a reason. And it's not just because of the Joker. That altitude is going to kill. I wouldn't say kill, but it's going to tax players who aren't used to playing in that altitude. And it's going to be a a distinct advantage. There is a reason why the Rockies are so good at home. There is a reason why the Broncos have won three Super Bowls and have been deadly at home, even with Russell Wilson. (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't help it. There is a reason why the Colorado Avalanche have been lights out tough, in Ball Arena, sharing arena with the Denver Nuggets. It's the altitude, stupid. Denver is going to have a distinct advantage. And yes, Miami, scrappy bunch, playoff tested. I mean, you couldn't get a more veteran coach than Eric Spolstra, who seems to make adjustments and just the right adjustments to throw teams off. Yeah, they're an eight seed yeah Miami is can be a little bit dysfunctional at times, and I'm still waiting for that Jimmy Butler meltdown to self-destruct the heat. It's gonna happen. Do I think that the nuggets are light years better than, than the heat? No, I think they're there, but I do think they are better. I think the nuggets win the first two games in Denver. the heat steal a game three to make it competitive. But the Nuggets grind out of game four winner and finish it off in five in ball arena. This series won't go any far past a week from Monday. I have the Hoodwood pick, Nuggets in five. Let's take a time out. Come back and look at the Stanley Cup final. The Stanley Cup championship, we have another team from South Florida. It's about the South Florida teams that have been playing so good this time. I'm not better than the But we'll look at the Florida Panthers and the Vegas Golden Knights. The last two teams standing in the NHL, going after Lord Stanley's Cup. Which comes back at you, after
1: Is today your last day on Earth because you are being deployed to space tomorrow? Have you just turned 18 and you're ready to get out of your parents' house? Has your granddaughter gotten her boyfriend pregnant? Whatever your reason, you need us at GottaGetMarriedNow.com. We specialize in last minute weddings. Active duty, military veterans, and retired discounts are available. Visit us at GottaGetMarriedNow.com. insight on the world of sports. Now here's the man that Wikipedia and Google call for sports fact checks. Your host, KJ Green.
0: we are back in the hoodwood. My name is KJ Green and there were two in the NHL. And of course to the chagrin of the Canadian teams who are now 30 years into their playoff Stanley Cup jinx of not having a Canadian team win the cup. You have the Panthers, circa 1993, and the The Vegas Golden Knights, circa 2018, two fairly new teams facing off of the Stanley Cup Finals. Now, like the NBA Finals, you have a top-seeded team in the West, the Vegas Golden Knights, more or less steamrolled their way through the playoffs, even though they did have a lull against Dallas Stars, jumping out to a 3-0 lead, and then falling behind, you know, falling back to losing the next two games before absolutely obliterating them in Game 6, to the chagrin of the American Airlines center crowd who sat dumbly watching Vegas trample their Stars 6-0 to clinch their 2nd Stanley Cup Finals birth in their team history. Now, unlike in 2018, when they joyfully touched and lifted the Clarence Campbell Bowl, symbolic of the Western Conference Finals winner, and then proceeded to turn around and lose the Stanley Cup to the Washington Capitals, the Knights, the Golden Knights, were very careful not to touch the Clarence Campbell Bowl. He's posing around it, smiling, but not touching it. That's not the chalice that they want. Instead, it's the thirty-five pounds sterling silver cup that stands about four feet tall. And yes, it is very heavy. I have picked up the Stanley Cup before, or at least a replica of it. Think of it like a um, like a beer keg, a half-empty beer keg. Weird, kind of awkward and heavy, but you you feel it, boy. It is a that's a heavy trophy. But every hockey player's dream is to lift that trophy. Not the Clarence Campbell Bowl, not the Prince of Wales Cup, which the Florida Panthers gleefully did after sweeping the Carolina Hurricanes in four games. And after that four-overtime marathon game in Raleigh, you just knew the Hurricanes were done. They they went from a hurricane to a, a spring shower. and It wasn't even that. They... they lost again in overtime in Raleigh and you just saw the look on the fans' faces that we're done. They're not coming back. And the Panthers pushed them aside winning one to nothing and 4 to 3. All four games decided by one goal. One first game was in a four overtime thriller. Second game in overtime and then the third and fourth games both decided by one goal. The Rats are back. I don't know. I mean, I, I've heard about the tradition of one of the players, uh, Scott Mellonby, killing a rat in the 95-96 uh, season and then kind of being a kind of a thing with the Panthers. Then they started throwing rats on the ice. It's not the same as throwing an octopus on the ice like the trade Red Wings. Don't even start that mess. But give the Panthers credit. They're snarky. They're spunky. They're just a scrappy team that just won't. Go away. After they knocked off the Bruins in the first round, Boston (laughs) what are you going to say about Boston? After that seventh game collapse, the Panthers seem to find a way to grit and grind their way through the next two rounds. And now here they are four wins away from their first Stanley Cup in franchise history. And this is only their second Stanley Cup appearance. They uh, lost to the Colorado Avalanche uh, getting swept by the Avalanche, the final game a painful one to nothing overtime loss in Miami. Now, I don't think this is going to be a sweep. I think that the Panthers are good enough to hold their own against the Vegas Golden Knights, but I just can't. I mean, even though Sergey Bobrovsky is playing like an absolute fooling goal. Vegas is just too it is it, Vegas just has too many weapons. Jack Eichel is going to get his. He already has 17 points in these playoffs. Vegas just is relentless. They score and score and score. And if you're not looking they're going to score again. And as much as I love Bobrovsky and goal, and a good goaltender has carried teams to titles before. I've seen it happen many a time. I just can't see it happening. I think Vegas wins the first two games out in Vegas. The Panthers, backed by their crazy crowd, win the next two in in Miami. Vegas wins in game five and steals a game six to win the franchise's first Stanley Cup, they will lift the cup in Game Six in Miami. I have it, Vegas in six. And there you have it. Let's take another timeout. Come back and talk baseball. Are the Oakland A's on track to be the not only the worst-attended team in Major League Baseball? But the worst team in terms of wins and losses are the 1962 Mets, actually having to worry about a team winning fewer than 40 games. Take a look at that. A little what comes back at you after this.
1: Sports from the Hoodwood, the internet's foremost location for the most honest insight, thorough analysis, and unfiltered opinion on the world of sports. Now, once again, here's the man of the hour, after hours, your host, KJ Green.
0: You're back in the Hoodwood,
1: and I'm doing some
0: research on my segments, as I want to do, and I'm looking up the Oakland A's, and I'm thinking... They really can't be this bad. Believe it or not, the Oakland A's were actually in first place at one time. They won their first game against the Los Angeles Angels on opening day before a robust crowd of 26,805. That's their biggest crowd of the season at home. They have had three contests where they've drawn less than 3,000 in the Oakland Coliseum. Now, we all know... What's going on with the Oakland A's? They are talking seriously about moving to Las Vegas and, as it appears, have a an agreement in principle to move to Las Vegas. But that's not going to happen until 2025. At the earliest, I mean, this team could be in Oakland for another three to five years while they build the new stadium for this uh this team to relocate to and the crowds are going to get more pitiful and the A's basically are a I wouldn't even call them a triple A team at this point I mean I was looking at the roster and going who are these bums I mean I pride myself in knowing pretty much a lot about baseball and the players are in baseball I have a fantasy league team that's Doing okay, but I'm looking at the A's and I know their manager, Mark Katsay was a serviceable player and bounced around a bunch of teams in the late 90s and 2000s. But I'm looking at the A's and I'm going, I have no idea, no earthly idea who these guys are, none. And they play like a team that's overmatched, the team is. 12 and 46. That's not a misprint, folks. 12 and 46. They have... Now, last year, a lot of people made fun of the Reds. The Reds started out 3 and 22. And many people thought they they would barely win 50 games. They won 60. Actually, I, I stand corrected. They won 62. They won 62 and 100. The A's might not win... Forty games this year, and and that's not hyperbole. That's not me saying oh they're bad. bad. No, they are that bad. I'm looking at their schedule, and I'm going. And they, after a day game against the Atlanta Braves on Wednesday afternoon, they embark on a road trip to the East Coast. West Coast teams heading east usually are in a lot of trouble. They start a, a road a road trip in Miami then go to Pittsburgh, and then Milwaukee. Miami is mediocre. Pittsburgh and Milwaukee are are decent teams in the NL. The A's are not going to fare well in this. And they're going to get killed. And the thing is this. The ownership of the A's has basically written off the season. They don't want to pay the the, the decent players ahead. Now, keep in mind, four years ago, in 2019, the Oakland team won 97 games. 97! And even in 2021, they finished 86 and 76. But Bob Melvin saw the writing on the wall and got out. Because he saw that, they, that the A's were trading away, giving away their best players for pennies on the dollar. Fire sales. Worse than, say, the 93 Padres who were just trading off players willy-nilly because they knew they couldn't compete. This team doesn't want to compete, and the ownership doesn't care, and the fans are not showing up. Why are you going to show up for this this team? This team is literally a bunch of scrubs, has-beens, and never were. And it isn't even like funny like major league where you knew the team was trying was supposedly bad enough to try to lose so they could move to Miami. If you've ever seen major league, you have to that's a, a must-see film. It's very funny and it's it for it kind of dated for the times. I mean the the then Cleveland Indians were a kind of a joke of a team. They've gotten a lot better and they've gotten a lot more respectable and now there is a team in Miami. But now, the A's are going to move out of Ring Central Coliseum, the very uh, dated and stale uh, stadium that they play in, to play in Las Vegas. Their owner basically has said, I don't care about this team right now. They can lose. I'm waiting to cash my checks in Las Vegas. And Las Vegas is like, come to papa. They, the design plans have already come out for the new stadium in Las Vegas. Not too far from where the their one-time co-inhabitants of Ring Central Coliseum, the Oakland Raiders, have since put down roots in their third, I'm sorry, fourth season in Las Vegas. The thing is this, the A's are clinically bad. 12 and 46, it's not going to get any better. for and the, and the poor fans in Oakland, the few of them that are even coming out to the ballpark, are made to watch this pathetic brand of baseball. And they're getting killed every night. I mean, yeah, they took two or three from the Braves. Kind of a surprise in itself. But they don't play good on the road. And this team is going to stay bad. The 1962 New York Mets went 40 and 120. They had an excuse. They were a first-year team, and in the na- the National League, you had powerhouses: the the, the Dodgers, the Giants, both won 100 games, over 100 games. The defending NL champion Cincinnati Reds won 98 games and finished third. But then you're feasting, on, you're feasting on the dregs of the National League that year. That New York Mets team finished 19 games out of 9th place behind the Chicago Cubs. This Oakland A's team is already 8 games behind the 2nd worst team in the, in the AL, the Kansas City Royals. They're 25 games out of 1st place already in the AL West he will be 25 games out of first before the 1st of June. Explain that to me. Explain it to me like I'm five year old. The A's are bad and they're not going to get any better. Let's take our final timeout. Come back with the Wood Hot Five. Fat dapping head slap and the final word from the Sports from the heads down the home stretch after
1: this. Is today your last day on Earth because you are being deployed to space tomorrow? Have you just turned 18 and you're ready to get out of your parents' house? Has your granddaughter gotten her boyfriend pregnant? Whatever your reason, you need us at gottagetmarriednow.com. We specialize in last-minute weddings. Active duty, military veterans and retired discounts are available. Visit us at gottagetmarriednow.com. insight, and opinions on the world of sports. Here now live in living color, black by popular demand, your host, KJ Green.
0: Running third and headed from home here in the Hoodwood, let's finish up strong with the Hoodwood Hot Five, Fat Dab and Head Slap, and the final word from the wood. Now the Hoodwood Hot Five, I don't have a top five or anything, so I just figured I would and I'm probably gonna regret this. Let Snuffy, the hoodwood Hound, fetch a couple things out of the mailbag, and you know, give me session questions. And usually I pre-screen them, but I didn't have time to do that. So he might slip a, a Mickey in me on the questions. So um, if I look at, it, look kind of confused for a second, please excuse me. Question number one. Hmm. Did Marcus Erickson get a raw deal in Indy, or was he just whining because he couldn't win back-to-back Indy 500s? Good question. Marcus Erickson was a defending Indy 500 champion, but due to a couple of cautions and red flags, normally a caution at the last lap would be in a victory parade for whoever the leader was to back around to the checkered flag. But... Instead, race officials decided they were going to have a last-lap shootout and a a restart on that final lap. Joseph Newgarden ran down Erickson in a bold late finish and a bold late move to take the checkered flag and the Borg-Warner trophy and the fabled bottle of milk. He poured the bottle of milk on himself. Why do you do that? Drink the bottle of milk. Get a bottle of... I want somebody to get a bottle of chocolate milk one time and guzzle it down when they won the Indy 500. But he poured it over himself, which he won the Indy 500, the first American to do so in, in quite a few years, and come the front leg of a doubleheader sweep for Penske Racing. They won the Coca-Cola 600 down in Atlanta way in NASCAR. So the Pit Team Penske won both the Memorial Day races. Does Marcus Erickson have beef? No. Finish front, win the race. Don't depend on a yellow flag for victory parade. You're supposed to run 200 laps to win the Indy 500. Not 199, not 198, 200 laps. Race it as best you can. Back to the row of bricks running across the finish line to win the Indy 500. He didn't finish the job. Stop whining. Next question. Oh, let's see what this one says. Is Carmelo Anthony a Hall of Famer? He retired after this year. Will you give him his dap? I got no beef with Carmelo Anthony. thought he was a pretty good player. The uh, third pick of the 2003 fabled NBA draft uh, I still think the Detroit Pistons are still going stupid, stupid, stupid. Everybody knew LeBron James was going to be the number one pick, but then you had Carmelo Anthony, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade, and they took Darko Milicic. Really? Why? But... Talking about Carmelo, Carmelo came out of Syracuse in 2003 after winning a national championship and played in Denver for nine years. Famously beefed with George Carl, then forced his way out to New York where he became a pretty much a shooting black hole. But Carmelo Anthony, for all his faults, was a good player. Reliable scorer, not so much of a defender, but at least an exciting player who played Kind of a bit of a vagabond late in his career, bouncing from team to team. Wasn't able to get that fabled ring or get a finals appearance, but Carmelo Anthony still is a solid player. Hall of Famer? I think he might be getting a call from Springfield here in a few years. We'll see. But I still think Carmelo Anthony was a good player and wishing wishing the best on his retirement. Question three. Let's see if there's going to be. No, this one is actually another one. Why don't you give DAP to the XFL champs? Well, because I haven't had a chance to talk about them. Why don't you give DAP to Arlington for winning the title, even though they finished with a losing record the regular season? Arlington did finish with a losing record, but they finished in, they were in the weak, kind of weaker West where they could get a playoff spot to the chagrin of the St. Louis Battlehawks, who finished 7-3 and ended up going home because they were in the stronger division. They did manage to vindicate themselves by defeating the uh, D.C. Defenders 35-26 at the Alamo Dome in San Antonio before a decent crowd 27 22,754. The XFL declared its first season a success, averaging 14,000 for its uh, 10-week regular season and two-week postseason. Is the XFL going to be a viable minor league? I think it could be. I think the flashier USFL may have a little bit more problems even though they're playing in one or two sites and begging for people to come out. The XFL at least has solid fan bases. St. Louis is drawing. They are really drawing at the dome in st louis and drawing good numbers now i would love to see an xfl usfl final game you know a a showdown of the minor leagues if you will but it's probably not going to happen for a few years and the nfl to its credit isn't throwing shade at either league they're just kind of going okay we'll watch Whoever's a good player will pluck from your roster, maybe give them a shot at playing. And you're going to see a lot of breeding ground for coaches. You're going to see coaches who are trying to get their way back in the NFL, college coaches who are moving up in the ranks, and people who you wouldn't expect to be coaches being in the ranks and showing off their talents, if you will, in at the pro level, maybe not the highest level, which is the NFL, but at least in a pro setting. And I like that. Question four. I knew it. <laughs> Why haven't you sent out for food yet? It's too late to send out for food, dog. You're not kidding anything. <sighs> I tried to sneak one in on me, but I caught it. Question four. Hmm. Did you hear that Rocco Baldelli, manager of your beloved twins, is going to be a twin father? Did not know that. Rocco Baldelli was the manager of the twins, and his wife are expecting twins at near, the end of the se- near the end of the regular season. I wonder if the uh, twin arrival will help them shake off their playoff jinx They're in first place in the, AL, in the week AL Central, but, oh uh, boy. This is going to be just a mess. Expecting kids at the end of the season, you're trying to win a pennant, that's going to be a mess. Question five. Did, uh, did, if I could talk straight, that'd be dangerous. Try that again. Question five. Is FCC for real? Yes. In a word, Yes. Fat dap- and I'm not gonna give them say, one of the fat daps a like, but I am gonna give them dap Football Club Cincinnati right now is unbeaten at home. They haven't lost at home at all of the season. After feeding Columbus crew, they were 8-0 and 0 at home. Also, they are leading not only the Eastern Conference of the MLS, but MLS altogether with the best record. As of this taping, they just took down NYC Football Club 3 to1 and now are the only team in MLS with double digit wins. they have 11. so far this season last year they had 12 wins and made the playoffs this year they are 11 wins they have 11 wins, three draws and one loss. It's good for 36 points in part oh, 35 points and they are eight points clear of their nearest pursuer in the East, and they have the best record in MLS. They're going hard for their first supporter Shield for having MLS's best record. I think FCC, and I'm a little biased because I'm a fan, but I think FCC could make a lot of noise deep into the playoffs. Well, that's my hot five, what's yours? Let's get into the Fat Dap Head Slap of the Week. As I stated at the top of the show, we have multiples of both Fat Dap and the Head Slap. Fat Dap, first hat, Fat Dap's a little bit of a minor one. George Washington University changed their moniker just a few days ago, changing their name from the Colonials to the Revolutionaries. Hmm, that's a slick name. Fat Dap to George Washington University for Becoming more of a modern nickname team and not adopting a silly nickname in response to changing with the times. Colonials is kind of a dated type of term. Revolutionaries, power to the people. I like it. Our other fat dap of the week goes to Luton Town Soccer. Now you say, who the heck is Luton Town Soccer? That's a name you're gonna have to get used to if you watch Premier League soccer. That's a name you better, better take uh, take note of. They won the final, the third and final slot in the uh, championship to get promotion to Premier League. That's right. Kettleworth Lane will have one of the smallest pitches in, in Premier League soccer, but they have earned their spot into the premier league with a thrilling win over coventry in the championship playoff final in a penalty shootout no doubt they played at wembley sent stadium this past saturday and you have to understand that this is the completion of a turnaround nine years in the making they made a steady climb from league. They were a non league team as far down as, as nine years ago. They had gotten so far relegated so many times that they were considered a non league team. They're under promotion to league two, then to league one, then to the championship, which you have to understand the dynamics of promotion and relegation. They've played well enough to get promoted every year, year by year. They got to the top of the table in the championship league, which is one league below. Below the Premier League, they finished third in the Championship, behind Burley and Sheffield, who earned their promotion for being the top two teams on the table. And they were in the fourteen slots for the three versus six and uh, four versus five play each other in a kind of a knockout style tournament, with the Championship game being played at Wembley Stadium in late May. Coventry Wood finished fifth and faced off against. Luton Town, and it was a great game. Tied at one after at 90 minutes regulation, and then after the two 15 minute overtime periods, remained tied, even though Luton Town nearly broke the deadlock in the 117th minute with a goal, but it was waved on with the handball. The game went into penalty shootout. Both teams hit each one of their penalty shots after the 120 minute mark. They went up for penalty shots, and both teams made each one of their five tries. So now it was sudden death. Whatever team made their shot or missed would win. Lutontown made their made their sixth strike. And you had to feel for Fancati Dabo of Coventry. He boomed his shot, high at the crossbar, and that was it. Poor guy was standing there just weeping bitterly as Coventry, now I had to watch Town get their promotion. Now, this is going to be a massive windfall for Town. Teams like Man City, Man United, Arsenal will be coming to Kenilworth Lane to play against the, one of the smaller clubs in the Premier League. This windfall is going to net them over, in, in, it's a converted from, from pounds to uh, um, from English Pounds to uh, American Dollars, about $250 million for that promotion. That dap to Town, the little team that could. Now, our head slap. <laughs> and I hate to... It, it, and, you know, if you've watched the Hoodwood enough times, you know that I'm a UC alum and fan. And love my Bearcats, but two coaches... From the baseball team were summarily dismissed for being caught up in a gambling scandal for the UC baseball team. And just on Tuesday, UC baseball coach Scott Goggins was relieved of his duties as head baseball coach at the University of Cincinnati. Now, the University of Cincinnati had a mediocre season to be sure. But a coach, look, when your coaches are being implicated, whether rightly or wrongly, with gambling You're not going to last long on your job. That's a head slap to the UC baseball team, or I should say the former coaches, who should have known better. Our other head slap goes to the U.S. men's national hockey team for failing the medal in their second straight year. Now, after winning eight straight games in the tournament, they get all the way to the semifinals against Germany and lose. So they have the bronze medal for the consolation. Then you know when they're losing to Germany and spoiling what would have been a dream matchup against Canada for the world cha- for the world championship. Does it goes by the boards? US plays Latvia. Latvia? Who is Latvia? You can bet the US men's national team knows who Latvia is. Latvia beat the US five to three. And knocked them out of the bronze medal game. But Bro- knocked them out of the bronze medal, Latvia was so happy they declared a national holiday that next That following Monday, people waking up going to work. No, oh, national holiday. Go back to bed. You're good. Latvia, really, head slap to the U.S. men's national hockey team. Y'all slipping, fellas. Now, without much further ado, let's go to the final word from the wood. I grew up in the prime Michael Jordan era. I had a number of his posters on my bedroom wall as a kid and I was a mere lad of 21 when he retired in 1993 for the first time. This basketball world, especially the Bulls fans, were shocked as the GOAT hung it up after nine brilliant seasons and a three-peat. But the Bulls' fans had some comfort in that they still had Scottie Pippen, who had grown from a little-regarded player out of central Arkansas, who fans were puzzled as why they were trading for him in the 1987 NBA draft with uh, Olden Pallonese. He had grown into a dynamic score rather quickly, an elite defender and passer, nightmare to match up, and an even possible to figure on defense. Pippen was a central part of the Bulls' first three-peat, and he was also a member of the original Dream Team. He teamed with Jordan to shut down the wonderkind that would be future teammate, Tony Kukoc, in the Barcelona Olympics. Now, though Pippen was considered the leader of the Bulls with Jordan retired, he did gr- uh, garner heavy criticism with his refusal to go back into a tie playoff game when the play was not designed for him, but for Kukoc instead. Pippen looked every inch the fool when Kukoc made the shot to win the game and then offered no real excuse for his actions afterwards. Now, Pippen was part of the Bulls' second three-peat between 1996 and 1998, but as was chronicled in the critically acclaimed documentary The Last Dance, he was often at loggerheads with the mercurial general manager Jerry Krause. Krause ironically championed the selection or trade for Scottie Pippen in the nineteen eighty-seven draft, but Pippen and Krause were not anywhere near as friends. Now Krause is man with the Bulls after the after their second three-p in nineteen ninety-eight, and after completing that second three-p, the uh, Bulls general manager traded Pippen to Houston in a sign-and-trade deal. Now, after playing a single season in Houston, a multiplayer deal was garnered that sent Pippen to Portland. Now, the Honor Trailblazers, they went to the 2000 Western Conference Final, but that was the furthest Pippen would ever get again in his career. He was never on an elite team for the rest of his career, though he did make the Hall of Fame twice. As a member of the Fable Dream Team and as a player in his own court. Now, To be sure, Pippen is a great player, but his recent disparaging comments about Michael Jordan not being a great player, poor shooter and teammate, is a direct contradiction to the diffusive praise that he heaped on his legendary teammate in many an interview. Now, playing the devil's advocate for a moment, Michael Jordan played three seasons before Pippen came into the NBA. And he played another two seasons with Washington Wizards in 2002 and 2003. And while he put up relatively decent numbers in the latter part of his career, and brilliant numbers in his first part of his career, the Wizards never made the playoffs in his two seasons there. And when he played with the Bulls, were early playoff casualties in his first, each of his first three seasons. Pippen, aside from the 2000 run to the Western Conference Finals, never got close to winning a title, or anything really significant. So it could be said, while Jordan did nothing without Pippin, Pippen didn't do that much winning without Jordan as a teammate. But the comments that Pippin are making now about Jordan seem trite, petty, and just a bit foolish. It has been well documented that Jordan was a tough teammate. And very few bucked against him. And few, very few, even fewer could live to tell about it if they did. It was never very clear if Pippen was ever in Jordan's ultra tight inner circle, but this much is clear: this is a silly beef, and one that Pip will never come out on top in. Jordan is one of basketball, if not sports, most revered figures, and Pippen, while a solid player and a Hall of Famer in his own right, will never attain the type of notoriety that Jordan had on his worst day. No one really knows what the basis of this sudden animosity uh, came about and this hatred toward Jordan, but Pippin really needs to stop. Seriously, this is not to belittle either, man, but this beef is silly, as I stated before, and it needs to be squashed, grilled up, and eaten with the quickness. Pippin is 57, Jordan is 60. One doesn't want to wake up one day and the other be gone with that animosity still, that can't be resolved, still hanging around. Pip needs to just take this L and let it go. And that is the final word from the wood. Now with the music coming up in the background, you know that means that your time here in the hoodwood is just about done, and I thank you so much again for your visit. Now the show's email is kjgreen at Please we'll send emails regarding show topics, both past and future, questions, comments on the show, and both praise and criticism. We will be correspondence and we'll try to get back in a timely manner. The show's website is sportsmanliquid.com, which has a back catalog of the show dated back 10 years in both audio and video flow. We'll so check that out if there are shows that you may ever miss. You can join the debate and conversation. Sportsmanhood with Hood, Hood page on Facebook. We also has a video podcast simulcast as well as other topics. Playing stuff I find on the web, playing great sports debate, and not exploring. Uh, post often and respond to member posts very frequently. Now the video versions are on YouTube. Please hit that subscribe, smash that like button for more great content. The link to this podcast is also on the show's Twitter feed, which is at Hood, Hood, Sports. Also, a host of interesting stuff I find on Twitter and on the web that I post there. Tweet show we do tweet back, and you can like and follow there as well. The audio version is on Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Google Podcast, iTunes, Apple, and a host of other fine podcast platforms and providers. If the Hoodwood is not on your website or your favorite podcast provider, ask for it. Drop me a line, and I will do what I can to get it there. As always, special thanks. Dave's Pictures for, for providing production assistance to both the show and the website. That's it from the Hoodwood, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Until next time, fellow sports fans, I'm K.J. Green, Sports from the Hoodwood is a Black Bandit Productions and Enterprises presentation of
1: a 551 Audio and Films production.